We can discuss Brianna getting accused of cheating. Yeah, that's fun. That's a that's a fun topic because I mean, I mean, there's really there's not a lot to talk about because they followed the rules, and that's the long and short of it. Like, I think just, people just have it out for those two. Well, I wonder. I kind of wonder if it's a uh, undercover, under the radar blob, uh, a ploy by. People involved with the USPA to just fucking shit on you know a few of them. That that's that's some tinfoil hat stuff, but you might. No, I mean, it's not that big of a stretch considering what they've just gone through. Yeah, I mean they did um, go through a ton. I mean, I, I wasn't going to say I disagree, but it is a little bit. I wouldn't say it's like a big stretch, but it is it is reaching a little bit to say that this company is out for two people. But I mean, the thing is though, like. They could be after three. They could be after Goob. But what's Goob doing in powerlifting? Right, he's doing nothing. Uh, yeah. Nothing. So there's no reason to. Yeah, I, I no reason to go after him. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know what I mean, because like, he he's just like not affecting the sport. Yeah, he does bodybuilders and kind of just calls people out and sells supplements. That's all he really does. So how are you gonna how are you gonna try and affect his career other than just like smearing him? But well, the only thing I mean, the only thing you're gonna do messing with him is probably fuck yourself up. Yeah, he's he's pretty good at uh, pretty thorough. Yeah, he he knows his shit because he went to law school. So, but one thing I was I was talking to Desi about it because we both saw the story about the same time. A lot of people don't like Joe and Briani and everyone in his circle because they do things differently, and I think they're mad because they're doing things differently and winning instead of being like, well, we should we should start adapting some of their stuff. They're just mad and they're like, no. They got to be cheating because that's the only way their stuff works. Like that's, that's a fucking stretch too, though. I mean, a little bit. Like, I mean, I don't train people that way, but everything they do, like I can go back and find NSCA articles and yeah, uh, PubMed articles and stuff like that. The support, at least short term, that's factual. <laughs> you right. know, that, that works, no, I you mean, know I mean? And because I mean, honestly, what they do is it's not it's not common for powerlifters to do it but what they're doing is extremely common for sports training. Right. It's and how that, I would train a football player or yeah or something like or a basketball player or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not like right. They're not reinventing the wheel. They're just treating powerlifters like what they should be treated like mm-hmm. like an athlete. <laughs> yeah. I I think that's I don't know. I just feel like there's a I mean that's this is coming from a post I saw he make too. He made too is is something very similar to what I said. I can't can't remember the exact words. I can pull it up and just look at it because he said something about he was doing things differently and people didn't like it. He said that on multiple occasions, and it's kind of just one of those things. Like, yeah, I mean, he does do things a lot differently, and people, a lot of people in the sport disagree with him. So I don't know. It's it's interesting to say the least. Let's see. Um, maybe it wasn't, it wasn't on recently. Maybe it was something he said a while ago. Yeah. A lot of people have said that too, that a later weigh in, cause that, that's, that's what all this boils down to, right? Is, is the time she weighed in cause she scheduled one instead of going when everybody else did. And that was so that she could make weight because she was too heavy to make weight at the time. Yeah, and, and he actually posted the rules on that. As long as it happens within a 24-hour period, mm-hmm. uh, and as long as the meet director agrees to it, it's mm-hmm. 100% within the rules. 
Exactly. And that's, that's the biggest thing is that they read the rule book. Like they know the rules like forward and back. So they just use the rules to their advantage instead of being like, well, we got to, we got to just make it work for this time. And if it doesn't happen, then they're like, no, well, we, if you're not at weight yet, we'll just schedule and go then. Like, and then it makes it harder to recomp too. It makes it harder. You have to, well, you have spend, shorter amount of time. Yeah. You have less time before the competition to get rehydrated, to get refed. And like, I don't know. I think people just, well, that shit happened in football. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if you remember, um, it's actually the 2013 Auburn team is the reason why this rule change happened. But used to, an offensive lineman could move, on a pass play, could move three yards downfield and not be considered an ineligible receiver. Mm -hmm. So you could essentially run block a pass play up until about three yards before you were deemed ineligible and the flat, and the play was null, basically. Right. After the 2013 Iron Bowl, which Auburn... One, because of a running game and because of the, the RPO, which is basically we're going to show a run and we're going to throw the ball. Mm -hmm. um, Nick Saban complained about it enough until they changed the rule to offensive linemen were only allowed one yard down the field uh, on a pass play. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's one of those things, like, they were taking advantage of the rules. It wasn't breaking the rules. They were operating within them. Right. And then enough people just got upset about or the right people got upset about yeah. them operating within the rules that they had to change them. Mm -hmm. But like it happens in other sports, but like as long as the rules there, right. They're just going to find another rule to take advantage of. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like why? As long as there's a rule book they're you know, they're going to read operating it. within them. Yeah. They're going to, they're professionals. They're going to read it and they're going to find soft spots. Yeah. Any advantage that you can take, like, but that's the thing. I don't even think it's a soft spot. It just is. If it's just in the rules, it's just in yeah. the fucking rules. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's open to everybody. Anybody can read the rule book. Anybody can like request a way in time. Like, obviously like if everybody and their mother goes in and schedules a way in time, they're probably going to start denying people and be like, well, we can only do the masses so. aren't doing this. Yeah. It's just case by case basis. Right. But, uh, and most people are going to be ready to lift during their way in, if the American Pro didn't want to happen, they were going to. They should have just said, "We're as the meat director." It was there, with as far as I interpret the rule as the meat director, it was within your rights to say we're not doing this. We yeah, have to show up for. This is when we're available. This is yeah. what we got to do. And if the meat director says, "Sure, let's weigh in," yeah, fuck all. It's in the rule book. They can yeah. do that. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, don't hate the player, hate the game. I mean, I've been out coached. I mean, I, I've mm -hmm. told this before. Ron knew the rule book a little bit better than me one time, and that's the reason why, you know, he took a victory away from my wife and gave it to one of his women. You know yep. what I mean? So I'm not mad at him for it. I was right. impressed by right. it. Right. It's just kind of like, man, I, mean? I wish. If that I was had... a nuance that I should have paid attention to that Ron paid attention to, and that earned him the victory. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I ain't mad about it. Sometimes <laughs> it's just being smarter and not necessarily going out there and just busting your butt and being the, the strongest lifter of the day. Yeah, since we're doing the show before the show, for the record, that rule was you can change, you have up to like, it's like three or four people out, you can change an attempt. Yeah. So like, he waited for me and Sandy to turn in our attempt. And saw it. Saw that Sandy was going to beat her if she didn't pull a certain number and went and changed the attempt. There's something the girl, more power to her. She's a teammate now because, you know, I use Ron mm -hmm. for coaching when I'm in prep. 
changed something so that uh, to a lift that Monet had never touched before. It was like 30 pounds heavier than she ever lifted. And she hit it. Like, right. He was like, you either get this or, or you, you lose. lose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but this is what we had to have to beat Sandy and you'll either pull it or, or you'll you get won't. beat. Yeah. Like, but he was smart enough to make that call. I can't hate him for it. Right. Like I said, I was fucking impressed. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that was, that made me start paying attention to a part of coaching that I hadn't paid attention. Before. Right. Uh, only thing I was worried about before rule wise was the lift standards. And then we're going to go out and do the best we can. Mm -hmm. I had not, I had not, I was playing checkers and had not yet started playing chess. <laughs> right. Well, well, now we play chess. Right. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You, you win some, you lose some. Mm -hmm. Just, does what now, it is. Was that USPA? Or USAPL. It was, yeah. USPA, it was uh, Queens of the Beach last year. So is it the same with WRPF? Do you know? I don't know. Because that's, that's I need to find that typically out, where we... I have not been in a situation in WRPF that... Um, Required that, that uh, sort warranty. of calling. And then the last USPA meet I did was with you last November, mm -hmm. and you were so far ahead that we weren't ever going to have to worry about that either. Yeah, I, I was <clears throat> my bench, which is generally what wins me the day. And then Steve, and again, <laughs> well, it may have been Steve or Dave I coached in the USPA meet yeah, last. Yeah. But again, they're either by themselves or blowing away everybody so bad that those type rules don't. Don't matter. Yeah. yeah they're, just, they're just not relevant to the situation, so it's like... Why even ask? Yeah, it would be good to know though. Probably, honestly, should just get the rule book and read it. Yeah. Long, long, long story short, with the show before the show, read your rule books. <laughs> like, download the rule book and read it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, just to get a better understanding, it's it's better to know than to not know and go up there and be like, "Hey, what happened? Why did this person beat me?" It's like, well, because they read the rules and you didn't. <clears throat> Long like I said, Ron knew the rule. Ron knew the rules better than I did, and he, he won. Yep, he won. So, well, I was not mad about it. I don't understand people getting mad about shit like that. To be honest. Well, people get mad about a lot of stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, oh, you and, know, you, you, I, I, I kind of, I'm going to lean towards the subject for the for the episode. We'll we'll go uh, ahead and finish the off slide this. rule in college football. That was because of my quarterback at Pittsburgh. Now, Kenny Pickett, when he was at Pittsburgh. He was Pittsburgh, the college. Mm -hmm. He got drafted to Pittsburgh Steelers, too, so he plays in the same stadium he played in. <laughs> but he faked a slide and ran in for a touchdown. And they came back and said, well, that's dangerous. After the season was over, they came back and said, that's dangerous for a quarterback to do that. Mm -hmm. You can't fake a slide anymore. Now it's a, you know, I don't remember if it's a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, but it's a pretty egregious penalty, like 15-yard penalty for that's a quarterback faking a slide now. I feel like you would just... Well, I, don't, I don't understand why that's any different than a juke. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It's like, a little weird. But I'm I'm thinking about like what are they how are they faking the slide? Like are they like he stuck just, his feet out, leaned back like he was gonna slide and stood then just, right back up and fucking ran it the other way. Yeah. Though so, I mean I guess from <laughs> a from a like a movement standpoint, it is dangerous, right? Because you're going from a stopping motion into a full. But but that happens in football all the time. Yeah, changes direction say, is constant. In yeah, football. I mean, like I mean that happens. You know that's how we. That's the reason why they have so many ACL injuries. Is mm -hmm. like, you know change of direction shit, but and like non-contact knee injuries. Yeah. Like, so just part of the game. Like you're not going to stop a wide receiver from running a route or a running back from juking somebody. But right. That, you know, <laughs> So why why somebody it... got somebody they didn't want to get beat got beat. Yep. It's the same thing as the twenty thirteen Iron Bowl thing. Somebody that they felt like shouldn't have got beat got beat and they fucking had to change the rule. 
So stupid. Fucking stupid. (laughs) Well, welcome to the Sip It and Rip It podcast, guys. That was the show before the show. Uh, We got some drinks. Uh, Penelope bourbon. Yeah, it was gifted to me by my brother, who it was gifted to by his mother-in-law. So shout out to both of them. Pretty good. Penelope four grain. uh, As usual, it's an old-fashioned. This has just become the old-fashioned show. Uh, but here's the thing: we just make ga- damn good old fashions. So yeah, and this every one we have is drinkable. So. Yeah, we've only made one that was bad, and that was that was recent. Which one was that? That was the chocolate one. The chocolate. Oh yeah, the chocolate, the chocolate one was yeah, bad. The chocolate one was bad. I don't remember that any wasn't of the other recent. ones. No. Um, that was. That we're just fucking good at them, and they're like fucking three ingredient cocktails. So there's like yeah. I feel like there's no reason to to be able to mess it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just need a few things: simple syrup, whiskey of your choice, and. Bitters, whatever bitters you want. You got options Yeah, we went there. orange. You could have gone aromatic on these. You probably wouldn't have gone chocolate mm. on this one. Chocolate would be weird. Chocolate would have been weird because it's a it's a hot bourbon. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a very traditional old-fashioned. Funny, funny thing about that. We didn't even try it. We just kind of, you smelled it a little bit, and then we're like, we'll just throw this in there and, and see what happens. I've drank enough whiskey to smell it. I can know, I'll know by, smell, <laughs> uh, by, by smelling it. Um, I'd be curious. One thing we haven't done and it's a lot of it's because I don't really like scotch and mm-hmm. Irish whiskey. I would kind of be curious about this is heresy to some people because <laughs> most most people drink those things straight or mm-hmm. with a little bit of water in them. I would kind of be curious about like an oakier flavored like a scotch or an Irish whiskey, old fashioned. I mean, I'd try it. It's called an old fashioned. An odd a- fashion. A U L D. Oh, A U L D. I thought you said odd, uh-huh. and I was like, <laughs> I mean, I guess. But, since uh, it's Irish. You know. Since it's Irish. So, A-U-L-D. So, <laughs> you can follow our socials <laughs> at Nathan Skettias at Coleman Barbell. Yep. And the podcast at Sip and Rip It. And you can rate us five stars on Spotify. Spotify or Apple, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. I'm sorry. Apple no. Podcasts, yeah. Yep. Maybe one day we'll... We'll get some people together and play some music, and we will say, "Hey, we have a song on Apple Music." <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that'd be really Maybe. hard to do. We need, we, we need to talk to your cousin about some bumper music for real. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how. I mean, he'd probably do it just like off the cuff. Probably wouldn't take him too long to do like a fifteen second little thing. Yeah, that'd be pr- pretty fun. But just one of those things. Be the next, this is kind of the next step to making us like seem really pro. Right. We need, it we does need seem, some bumper music. It does though. seem like everybody except Mark Bell has bumper music. Yep. At least in the fitness space that I've I've listened to. Yep. Actually, just about every podcast I listen to except for Mark Bell has. Uh, fucking uh, Real AF podcast has Young Golf and Keep Walk, mm-hmm. and it's like fucking... <laughs> it's like 30 fucking, seconds long. It's fucking epic, though. It's fucking <laughs> like, we know when that song comes on, like, who's going to be talking and shit, and it's fucking cool. RP has uh-huh. one for their podcast. Yep. I don't think we're big enough to get, like, a, a known name metal band or rapper to do our bumper music, but it'd be we fucking could, cool. I wonder if we could, like... Because I've actually talked to the guys with uh, um, Shiva. I wonder if they would be, like... Pay us, pay us a little bit. We'll do you like a 20 second clip or something. That'd be pretty dope because they're awesome. Be. I love it. It would be. Thinking. I'm thinking, I'm thinking bigger. Well, <laughs> the people that people that we probably wouldn't answer our email. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely I, not answering our DMs. Right. But I'm becoming nut about Kubla Khan. Yeah. They would be pretty good too. They're very hardcore. So. Fuck. <laughs> they probably make some, lips, dude. some stomping. Yeah, it'd be fucking... It'd be fun. It's so boneheaded and stupid. 
but that, that band's still so good. <laughs> it's so tight, but it's like it's all like real fucking like elementary like mm-hmm. music wise. But fuck, it's good. Well, since the we're things off. that crank your tractor when you start getting old. Like, <laughs> I don't care if it's technical anymore. I just want it to be good. Right. That's I've been that way for a little bit, but I do I do like both sides of it really. I like something that just like makes me want to punch a wall, and also things that are like very technically sound and interesting to listen to. So, but since we're on the topic of music, let's do it, baby. Let's see. Pr songs. I'll go ahead and start since it looks like you're looking. Um, hopefully, this hasn't been put in there before. Because I put on a lot of Carnifex, but Torn in Two by Carnifex off their most recent album. That song kicks ass. I love it. Hell yeah. Um just looking at this. Okay, I'll go a funny one real quick. Oh um, boy. Shimmy Shimmy Ya by Old Dirty Bastard. There we go. <laughs> Return to the 30, 36 Chambers. Um if y'all didn't know I'm obsessed with Wu Tang and you know ODB was a member of Wu Tang. So um that's my first entry and it's Fucking stupid, and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love old rap so much. <clears throat> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'll put one more in with uh, Austrian Death Machines, No Pain, No Gain. That's very... Feel, it feels appropriate. It's very fucking gem <clears throat> metal music. And the mu- the music video is hilarious because they're just like in a meat market and they're buying different meats and stuff. <laughs> and they're just pushing around a grocery cart and throwing like steaks and chicken and stuff in a grocery cart. And I'm like... This is this is what what it's about. It's uh, you know it's if you don't know who Austrian Death Machine is, it's uh, uh, Tim Lambesis from As I Lay Dying and the alleged wife killer. <laughs> yeah, we just don't talk about that anymore. He's repented of his sins. It's all He's okay now. All right. He, he uh... I'll go. Uh, are you done with that one? Or? Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll go with a new uh, new band to me. They've probably been around a while, but uh, I'll go with Waco Jesus by the Callous Dow Boys. The Callous Dow Boys. They're fucking good, dude. It's <laughs> I feel kind of like a I've little heard bit, that name. It's kind of a little bit... Um, I do think their name's really funny. I like a pun yeah. <laughs> a whole lot. Um, I feel like it, it feels like early 2000s, like... Like death metal, metalcore? Like metalcore, like post-hardcore. Like almost feels like a little bit more like metalcore leaning, like Under Oath or like Norma Jean or something like that okay. from back in the day. Actually, the comparison I had was like early He Is Legend, but a little bit heavier. Okay, I don't think I've ever listened to He Is Legend. He Is Legend is one of my favorite bands. You absolutely should. But they definitely turned into... All their stuff has like this this dark feeling about it. Like there's just like... It all is just super eerie, regardless of what album you listen to. But they definitely kind of turned into... Went from being like that post-hardcore metalcore sound to like being a little bit more just like... Not Southern rock, but probably Southern metal. Okay. It all feels very southern at okay. a certain point, but it's all like kind of witchy and voodoo inspired and stuff like that. It's really fucking cool. There's some badass songs. So not like Pantera Southern. Um, absolutely that southern, and sometimes absolutely that's that heavy, but in a much different way. Okay. It's in a like a. All I can tell you is it's kind of it's just all kind of like kind of witchy sounding. Like hmm. it's all, it all. It's kind of spooky. I don't know. I'll have to uh, check it out. That sounds interesting. I have some heavy recommendations for you if you, if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Now, it is a lot of clean singing compared to what we normally listen to. Right. So you might not. I can get behind like it sometimes. Like, he has a very, very aggressive voice. So it's not like it's just like pitch perfect, just yeah. beautiful singing all the time. Right. Like he has a, a very, very uh, 
very much a voice for rock and metal, but yeah. uh, you should listen to them anyway. Oh, I would definitely awesome. check them out. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if it came through. Sometimes sometimes Mike's really good about blocking all that stuff out. There were dogs barking. Yeah. I guess you are Dogs barking all the time. Dogs barking, babies crying. That's that's our lives now. Yeah. Both of us. Yeah. It's pretty much that's it. Our lives now. <laughs> and for the next probably 18 years or so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as I don't fuck up again. <laughs> We're yeah. trying to try not to reset that clock. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there are options out there. Options out there. I have a very, very sweet and beautiful and happy baby, though, so I yeah. can't be um, uh, yeah. super, super proud of her. So. Oh, yeah. I, I love I love my little girl. She's, she's so funny. She laughs and smiles at the dumbest things. Fatherhood's different in a way that other people just couldn't describe to me, to be honest with you. I don't feel mm-hmm. like anybody that I've ever talked to that's a dad or a parent currently really described it accurately. How you feel about it. Yeah. yeah Cause it is, it's kind of hard to put into words. To be it, I think it's different for everybody too. People think about things differently and approach things differently. And it's, you know, I don't know. It's been a good thing. No. Yeah. It's, it's Super definitely a positive thing. Yeah. I was talking to uh Lance about vasectomies. Oh, we're we talking about uh, <laughs> our, our, our vegan meathead. Yeah. That Lance. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was fun. He told me his story. Did he tell you his story? I have never it? heard his vasectomy story. I don't. So, should we air it? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm sure we've said Lance. More we're talking about things. your balls. <laughs> I mean, the whole segment about Lance's balls. <laughs> well, I was talking to him about because it it's you know something I've considered uh, for a while, and it's like, well, she's she's on birth control right now, so it's not like necessarily an immediate thing I need to do. Uh, he's just like, don't take too long. You never know when a birth control can fail, stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, he was talking about his experience, and I've just never heard a good experience involved, like I mean, of a to me. On, right. But he told me that um, the, I think he said when they went in for the second one, the, the second vasectomy? The no, second the, baby? The second, the second <laughs> testicle. Oh, the second testicle. The second, uh, <laughs> okay. like, something about the uh, the anesthetic or whatever didn't work or it didn't take, so he felt all of it. And I was like, no. <laughs> it was just like he was try- He was sweating, trying not to throw up the entire time. And I was like, that sounds like the worst thing you could possibly imagine ever. Just, like, feeling somebody going in there and, and cutting up on your balls. You're... Man, I've done a lot of gear, and uh, I have I have a small I have small shit anyway. So there's some like stage fright for me. <laughs> right, you just jump, like I can't work on this. It's honestly like a fucking me- medical miracle that we were able to conceive. This, the amount of PEDs I was on when we made that baby, I should have been sterile. <laughs> well, you know they they do say that it doesn't make you sterile; it just lessens the amount that you. Produce. Well, I got some strong fucking swimmers when I'm on. I'm saying, dude, and I do have an absolute fucking unit of a baby. <laughs> right? She's she was basically ten pounds at her two week doctor visit. Yeah, so. that's. A, and you know they lose weight. Yeah, she lost from nine five down to nine one, and then we measured at nine fourteen the other day. So the big baby, it's a for... big fucking girl, dude. <laughs> fucking trembling. <laughs> Trend baby, Trend baby. She's already holding her head up too, so she's that's. That's impressive. She's, <laughs> she's going to be strong. That's going to be fun. As long as she's not like, just like, oh, I don't care about. I did expose her to music for the first time. Yeah. I told, I told you that, but uh, I did, uh, may occasionally play back at the church um, that I used to be on staff at uh, just to put her around music some more because right. I'm not doing anything uh, 
creatively and I'm not playing cover gigs. So, and I'm not sure cover gigs exactly where I want my kids. So yeah, that's fair. A church is probably a little bit more friendly of an environment for, yeah, for that sort of, for a baby. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that instance. Uh, that, no, we haven't talked about the gym yet. Yeah, we got to talk the, about the gym. the gym this week. What happened for you? Anything good? Yeah, I thought it was a positive week. Um, Nathan's program in my off season. Uh, I had very specific goals in mind, and I think we're doing a pretty good job uh, of attacking them. Um, hardest workout was probably. I feel like it was probably my front squat workout, just because mm. front squats suck. But I think it, it went relatively well. I don't have anything. Report on that. Um, I'm also a bastard and make you do tempos. Yeah, tempo front squats suck. Um, I asked for front squats, so there's you know I'm just as big of a bastard as you are. I told you that in the DMs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like they're I do feel like they're making me better, and it definitely increases my work compa- capacity and how I perceive a back squat, especially post injury, because mm-hmm. a back squat's so much more comfortable. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been productive. Uh, overhead press was not a, that's, that's my main push movement right now. Not mm-hmm. bench press. Overhead press did not go like I wanted it to, but it's also because I was better rested, better fed. <clears throat> and on my arm day prior, I had chest and chest, arms and shoulders. Uh, one, uh, two workouts prior to, uh, my designated shoulder day. And, uh, I was able, because I was fed and rested a little bit better. I was able to go so much harder on my tricep movements and by the time I turned around to do my shoulder day, I had no pressing power in my triceps. Mm-hmm. So I actually regressed on my shoulder strength this week, but I think for a good reason. I, yeah. you know, like I, it was productive as productive arm days. And um, anybody that's ever done, you don't really feel it so much on low volume shoulder days, but on high volume shoulder days, your triceps absolutely will give out. Yeah. So if they're pre-fatigued like mine were, it does make for a hard pressing day. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a bad overhead presser. Um, it's just you know sets of twelve, even with a plate, it, it gets pretty. Um, it gets pretty spicy, and uh, um, it just is what it is. Uh, deadlift day is not a joke because of the volume, but the weight is not slowing me down. Mm-hmm. Um, the breathing is a little bit. So I mean that was a productive day. Um, and then my last leg day um, was yesterday. Um, squats were really good. Um, I just had a whole bunch of quad work. I'm just not very good at lunges right now, so that was yeah. a little bit of a pain. Uh, but that's also still weakness in the hips, so mm-hmm. uh, that's going to get better. Um, yeah, but yeah, super super productive week, and uh, really considering everything was to a tempo, it was you know it wasn't outstanding weight, but it was all it was a strong week. For yeah. Me, so yeah, and that's one of the things that I really focus on with tempo is what it does is obviously time under tension, right? But you're reinforcing your form especially with lighter weight at a, a, a slow tempo, you're just reinforcing good technique. Sure. So over the course of a period of time, when you go back to lifting something heavy, it's going to be like your body is just going to naturally do what what you're supposed to do. I don't have a super – it is challenging, don't get me wrong. I don't have a super fast descent anyway. So mm-hmm. a tempo – a three-count tempo is not a – you can tell reps like five through eight that it sucks. Yeah. Um. But, you know, up until that point, it really feels about like a normal squat set mm-hmm. until it really, you know, that time under tension starts really creeping up on me. Mm-hmm. As I've always, I believe in squat fast, fail fast. I believe in a slow descent. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's been productive. And uh, to be honest, it's the most consistently I've hit heavy weight with heavy volume um, 
even since before Ron. So I think yeah. that we're in a, I think we're in good shape. Um, maybe competing next year. We don't know yet. We'll so. see. It's, it's all going to depend on your work day. That's what it boils down to. And yeah. then, I mean, well, at least at the one we've been talking about after that, which we won't, we won't talk about it, but like after that, there are the other opportunities to go yep. compete. But the one we're talking about is just going to depend on your work day and kind of where you um, you land at and yeah, how you know, you're feeling. Talking about that, and it's just an extension of the gym talk. Um, I am going to have a very busy day at Ultimate Warrior. That's the, that's the, that's the day I'm thinking about coming back mm-hmm. for. Um, I have an opportunity to go compete at regionals, but honestly, I'm thinking because I'm so far off Especially not bench press and deadlift wise. I feel like honest to God prepped. I can compete with anybody right now. Mm-hmm. Those two. Um, I really think I'm going to have a 400 plus pound press sooner than later. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to, I don't know that I'll deadlift 700, but I'm going to get nearer that vicinity than I have been uh, this time too. But because my squat is so much, is so much further behind my peers, I'm thinking about honest to God competing the SPF at 259 because that was kind of, that was kind of the goal I had in mind for myself after Ron anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot shorter, a lot more fun day than. Yeah. I think, well, my, my day was pretty short. I don't know if you got to watch any of the live it, stream. It was, but that's not, that's not the trend. No. Um, for a USPA or WRPF yeah. meet or definitely not a USAPL meet. Yeah. Um, they're typically a little bit more long winded. I think just a rinky dink redneck SPF meet just to go put a total together would be would be fun for me to yeah be honest. It, it'd be good it'd reinforce you know because i know you a lot of times both times when you came back and you didn't uh didn't put together a real total you were like i don't feel like a real power lifter but being able to just actually you yeah. know go through get up get all your squats and deadlift more than whatever yeah, listen, i can was. go total a very easy 1200 pounds and pr my yeah. <laughs> my, my platform total by 200 so yeah. i mean uh I mean, injuries suck, but uh, mm-hmm. I really this the only goal this next time is to go the distance. I yeah. mean, um, fifteen hundreds in the back of my head, and I think it, I think I could do it. Um, yeah. um, and I don't think it'd be too much of a, I don't think it's too much of a stretch. But um, realistically, nah. I kind of just want to just just complete, get a get yeah. a real total, yeah, like a just real a total, real yeah. real posted total. Going three for three on squats, I think, would be. The most important thing that you and can I do. might have to go three sixty five, four hundred five, and four forty five to get there, but and don't just going three <laughs> yeah. for three on squats yeah. is going to make a big difference. Yeah. And it's not going to be that lot. Uh, no, we we joke, but um, you know, I could definitely see opening low four hundreds and these and, and you know ending high fours, low fives. Yeah, um, it'll just depend on how prep goes, how you're feeling the day of. You know, we we'll just. We'll just kind of have to make. I'll tell you what decisions. I'll do too. Next time I feel bad on my first or second attempt, I'm just gonna fucking wave the rest of them yeah. and move on. Yeah. No, if you don't God, go, if three, I go fucking one, if I have to go one for one just to go bench press and yeah, and deadlift, I will fucking do it next time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've learned your lesson. I've learned my lesson. I'm not fucking with it no more. So, uh, my gym week, I'm gonna keep pretty short because nothing really special happened. Uh, I had a sinus infection, maybe on Friday. Didn't feel great. My head felt like it was, uh, you know, like when you put a pizza roll in the oven too long and it starts to leak out. Yeah. Kind of felt like that. It was just like very, just like lots of pressure and a little leaky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually didn't even go to work that day. I just felt really bad. So I was like, I'm just going to skip. And yesterday, still feeling a little bit under, didn't feel like going. And today I didn't go just because I had so much going on. 
that I just didn't have time for it. I still don't feel like a hundred percent. So I'm just like, it's not the most important day. It's my overhead press day with a little bit of extra, I think back and something else. So I was like, I can afford to, to miss this and not feel like I didn't have a productive week. Still did better on all of my barbell movements for the week. Um, I've been struggling with squats. Swapping the high bar has seemed to help uh, keep my lower back a little less in pain, um, which I still don't really know what's going on there. I'm not really sure why I'm feeling pain in my lower back, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You're 30 now. You may be getting old like me and have some arthritis back then. <laughs> yeah, you know for I mean? real. But the good thing about it being arthritis is it's pain you could, if it is arthritis, it's pain you can actually fight through. Yeah. If you're willing. It's, if you're willing to. It's hard. Like, yeah. it, it does get the, I've, I've noticed the, it's the volume that affects it the most. If it's not achy away from the gym, it's probably not arthritis. Yeah, it's it's not. You know I mean? it, it heals by the time I'm doing my next movement. Like if I start doing leg extensions by halfway through or the end, it's, it's already gone. Yeah. So it's something in the moment. It's some irritation that's happening. Sure. Uh, I have had a problem with butt wink in the past. It feels like it's gone mostly away, but I still feel pain at high volume with heavier weight. That makes so, sense. Back squats just... It shouldn't be the most stressful in your lower back, but it is stressful in your lower back. And it may just be weakness. That's one thing I've like talked about, not on here, but with, talked about adding reverse hoppers. Or yeah, uh, so just any sort of lower back movements to help um, build some, I guess, strength in there, just to keep it from hurting. Sure. Because if I can, if I can get through an off season with no pain in my lower back, I'm winning. Like yeah. that's that's all I want right now. Sure. Also, I'm I'm completely well. There might be something left in my system, but I'm completely drug-free right now, so uh, recovery is harder, so it may just be that it's just getting the shit beat out of it, and it's like sure. not keeping up recovery-wise, but either way, um, it was a good week because everything went not necessarily according to plan, but it's going in a, in a positive direction, So, and I'm not not losing any more weight. I Good. think I've lost all the weight that I'm going to lose. I'm at 240 right now. I was up to like 243, I think, post meet, and I haven't gained any more since. And that's my ultimate goal is to get to 260 and then cut down. So we're not, I think we'll be there once we get back on uh, TRT and stuff like that. I'll start seeing some weight gain and add a little more food because I'll probably be able to eat a little more. I'll probably going, my, my hunger will go up because my hunger is very off and on right now, but I'm also eating like when Joe Sullivan was coaching me. Uh, so I'm eating tons of rice, tons of, well, not tons of meat, like seven ounces of meat with my meals and cereal. Yeah. Except my breakfast is what I want now. My yeah. breakfast is full eggs <laughs> and, yeah. and turkey bacon. And it tastes good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not like ideal, as far as taste goes, I'm not like throwing a bunch of butter and cheese and like uh, a bunch of like regular bacon. No and stuff added like fat. That. It's just yeah. stuff that has fat in it. There's a little bit of butter because my fat is extremely low on this diet. There's just it's just like a just just enough to keep the pan from sticking, basically. Fair. But yeah, hopefully that all goes well, and then uh, get up to 260, cut down to 230, do that a couple times, try and get a really lean like. 245 250 that's the goal at the end of you can do it because cutting i think i cut 13 pounds in water weight for my meat so 
I have that at, around that much to play with. So sure, two fifty five, two fifty eight is roughly my my walking around weight. Makes sense. That'll be fun. So I talked a lot, but that's okay. I did too. <laughs> uh, the uh, topic of the day is kind of interesting because we talked about it a little bit talking in the show before the show talking about Briani and uh, all the stuff going on with with people and accusations, but just in general talking about like the people of powerlifting, like the trend that it's going through. Cause I made a, a bunch of stories on like, you know, you had your own rant about this a little bit. Yeah. It was like on Thursday or Wednesday or something. Um, uh, but yeah, it like when I started powerlifting and this is what I said on my story, if you didn't watch it, I started powerlifting, not one, mostly because of the time period. I was in a very like dark mindset and I needed something to focus on, but the people like you, you came up to me and said, Hey, you should start powerlifting. You should join the powerlifting team. And I was like, I know shit about powerlifting. He's like, you squat bench and deadlift. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. I mean, I do that. Yeah. So sure. Why not? I didn't squat much, but I, I, we did, changed that fast. I did technically squat. Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally. But, uh, but it was more about just like, and I joined, the, it was just a Facebook group. Like, yep. and it was like, it was very low pressure and everyone was just like, hell yeah, let's see you succeed and stuff like that. And it was just really cool, very positive. And I really just enjoyed the experience of being around the, that sort of environment, especially then. Cause I needed it really bad. Like I didn't have a lot of positives in my life at that point. Um, there were positives, there just weren't many, right. and there, it was surrounded by a lot of negativity, negative emotions. So, moving forward with the sport, you know, as anything grows bigger, any community grows bigger, there's always going to be outliers and people that come in that aren't looking for people to succeed and that aren't, you know, trying to uplift everyone and make the sport better. It's People are dragging other people down, you know, arguing, fighting, like starting shit for no reason. And it's just, it's been really disappointing to see the way, and even locally, like that's what gets me. Like at a grant, like powerlifting at large, like I get that. Like there's going to be a handful of people. Well, not to mention because the sport's grown, not only do we have other competitors to deal with, we also have, we don't, but. Professional powerlifters now have fans to deal with yeah. and people that are fans of people that aren't them mm -hmm. to deal with. Um, and it's it's becoming this like, I don't, I don't know if I said this, it's coming, becoming like Alabama-Auburn. Yeah, it like it's, it's, it's not just about like competition and like, like friendly competition. It's hateful. It's like you you should die because you beat my person. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, it's honestly, trans, to some extent, transcended that. It's almost like... Republican versus Democrat. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's, like, it's it's bad. Right like, to the point that like you know you don't even you won't even listen to an old head because they train conjugate right. <laughs> or, you know, or something like that. But, you know what I mean? Like, but they, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people use conjugate back in the day, and it may not be like the best method, but they might know something that you don't. Yeah. And you training conjugate for a short period of time might do you some good. It did me. And I, like, you know, I don't think it's my preferred method of training. Right. You can learn a lot from that shit, though. I yeah. Mean, absolutely, you can. You can learn a lot from anybody. And I don't think, um, and I think this is kind of a segue into Brianni and Joe's situation. Um, you can learn something from anywhere in fitness and in powerlifting at large. And 
I even use, not to the extent that Joe does, but I use things that I learned in sports training, that I learned in CrossFit, that I learned in bodybuilding, that mm-hmm. I learned like across a whole fucking plethora of sports that aren't powerlifting that I use in powerlifting program, yeah. probably to a much more minimum degree than somebody like Joe does. Mm-hmm. But like those things have influenced me like a hundred percent. Like I don't actively use conjugate, but conjugate did influence the way I view certain things. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Definitely like accessory work. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, conjugate prescription, conjugate prescription is 20% competition lifts and 80% of your work is done in accessories. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that that's what it was then, but that's basically a power building approach. Yeah. You know what I mean? And one thing that it does for me being older now is it keeps me healthy mm-hmm. to not be on the barbell all the time. Like it keeps yeah. me in a, in, in a state that I can continue to power lift because I'm not fucking destroying your joints, killing myself all like the time. Your CNS and I have right. a, I have a big juggernaut background where it's the opposite where mm-hmm. 50, 60% of your volume is on the barbell barbell. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, very little away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have learned that that just doesn't work for me getting older. Um, I was older when I started than my peers. Um, it just doesn't fucking work for me to kill myself on the barbell day in, day out. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love squatting. Uh, I could squat every day and be happy. I, mm-hmm. I really could. Um, but it's not the best for me performance wise or growth wise. Mm-hmm. And it's very individual and, you have to learn that. You have to learn your clients because they're very, they have their own individual needs. needs and shortcomings and strengths and everything else that you have to accommodate as a coach. And you just don't get that if you're a my way or the highway type dude. Mm-hmm. You cannot service your athletes properly if you're just fucking stubborn about everything you do and your methods and everything else. Yeah. You have to be willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Kind As of a coach, doubt. you have to be more coachable than your clients. <laughs> I mean, you really, <laughs> yeah. you really do. You have to be malleable. You have to be willing to learn more, and you have to be willing to expand your ideas and horizons and and how you approach things. All that to say, this we mentioned it before. It seems like there's a little hate for Joe and his group of people because they do things quite a bit different. And you know this mm-hmm. better than anybody. His programming does not look like mine. That's my, mine has juggernaut sprinkled all in it. Mm-hmm. Um, his programming does not look like mine. No, you know that. Um, you've I'm sure you've ran. I think in the very very beginning you uh, ran a. I used to keep a bootleg of Shaco. Mm-hmm. You've done Russian programming before. Yeah. Um, you've probably even with me had a sprinkle of conjugate in your programming and stuff before. Um, but you know what traditional powerlifting programs look like versus what Joe's look like, mm-hmm. and it's not the same. No. It's it's very much different, and it, it <clears throat> not I I don't think he really has any like secret chokehold on anything. He's pretty free with his information, but it's like you have the days where you're a power lifter, and you have the days where you're an athlete. Yeah, like and those you have are the, the days even still you're, you're just a bodybuilder. Yeah, well, I shouldn't say just a bodybuilder, but that's the goal. Yeah, that day. You know? Yeah, it's like you you <clears throat> you get a pump, you go home. There's there's spots where you need to train for athletic performance. You know, and most of that, most of the athletic performance is kind of sprinkled in throughout. Like a lot of it is just like your warm up is preparing athleticism. Yeah. And then you go in and you do whatever your power, right? power lifting, your bodybuilding, whatever the goal is. One thing that he has mentioned recently that you have been talking about for a long time is 
muscle mass, like mass moves mass, but muscle mass moves mass. mass yeah. So the more muscle mass you have on your frame is better. So in theory, we should be training like bodybuilders on our off season and putting on as much muscle mass as possible yeah, to be able be. to move the weight more efficiently. Absolutely. Like that's, that is the end goal. Uh, um, and I actually credit my thought toward that was actually when I, when I started thinking about that was actually because of a Joe Sullivan post where he he had posted in his stories, you know, you can top, you can you can top text and do a story and not yeah. necessarily be a picture. He had top text roughly what you should weigh based on as a powerlifter, mm-hmm. what weight class you should be as a powerlifter versus how tall you are. Yeah, and me being six foot two, um, he said my ideal body weight. Or the post said he didn't necessarily say that's where I had to be, mm-hmm. but for me to be a professional, I would ideally want to be a three hundred eight or a super heavyweight because yeah. I'm tall. Um, that wasn't an excuse to be fat. What he was saying was basically what his post said is you need to maximize your frame, not only within your weight class, but also within your height, mm-hmm. like with, within reason Yeah, and still maintain some type of athletic prowess and healthy blood work. So you're not going to fucking die yeah. uh, at a young age. So his, uh, so I say, I say that to say all this, his main goal was the heavier you are, but the leaner you are within your weight class, the more successful you're going to be in powerlifting. Yeah. And you've heard me theorize that I think that a sweet spot for us as powerlifters or strength athletes got to be true of strongmen too. It's got to be true of Olympic weightlifters um, because they have so much fast twitch muscle in their frame. Um, I really believe to see uh, an elite and then later a professional total that 50% of your mass should be made up of skeletal muscle mass. Mm-hmm. I've theorized that, and there's no science that says it's true or anything like that, but if you just look at somebody like Joe, who is now too big to fit into 242 by his own, or 220 by his own, by his own admission, mm-hmm. because he walks around at 250, it's harder and harder for him to cut because his muscle mass is so great. Mm-hmm. He has maximized his frame. Another great example, everybody talks about I'm not mad at him for it, but you know, I'm I'm scratching my head all the time, wondering when somebody's going to beat John Hack. Yeah. Well, John Hack's a 198 that has a hundred percent. If you've seen him without his shirt on, has <laughs> maximized. Yeah. Maybe the symmetry isn't there, but in terms of body composition, he could walk on a stage after his powerlifting cut. Yeah. Like symmetry is probably not there because he's a powerlifter mm-hmm. who doesn't prioritize balance. I'm mm-hmm. sure you know or visible balance. Yeah. But like. In terms of actual composition, he could walk on a bodybuilding stage. Like, if he um, walked up to any, like, amateur show, he would probably win. An right? amateur, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's like, not winning his pro card. I'm not no. saying that. I'm not saying that he's, I'm not saying he's bumstead or anything. No, no. But, like, the dude looks good. Yeah. He's as big as you can be inside of 198. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that there's something to that. And why, you know, we've got so stuck on mass moves mass and powerlifting, but truly the actual... Thing you need is muscle mass moves mass. Mm-hmm. Mass moves mass, sure. You're gonna pay to be you're gonna probably be stronger, heavier in general than you are lighter in general. That being said, muscle mass is still stronger than fat mass. And like you're still gonna move more weight, more muscle mass than you are. I, I've said this about myself. A good example of this is me and me and Austin, the same weight class. I actually scanned higher than him this past time, but that's before he started TRT or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I scan higher skeletal muscle mass. That being said, it's obvious when you see me and Austin stand by side by side who has more muscle on their frame. Mm-hmm. It's Austin. Well, there's no wonder Austin's a better powerlifter than I am because he is 
closer, neither one of us have done this, he is closer to maxing out a 275-pound frame than I am. Right. That's not a fucking big secret. He he looks fitter at 275 than I do at 275. He's stronger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not right. like, that lets me know that it may just be practical and it may just be speculation, but, like, we know that more muscle mass moves more mass, period. Mm-hmm. Mass moves mass, yes, that's scientific, but... The top of mass absolutely fucking matters. Yeah, and I think uh, we yeah. just have to roll back a little bit to, like, we had a conversation about dots. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, the best lifter is the lightest lifter who moves the most, the most weight. weight, right? According to the dots calculations. So, like, the lighter you are, the better for you to win overall. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, if, you're, if your goal is, like, like, they don't they don't say, oh well you have to have a 15, 16, 1700 pound total. They say you have to have a certain dots score yeah. to get into nationals and so yeah. on. So at the end of the day, you want to be leaner to yeah. get a better dot score to and win. That's overall. the reason why I think that if somebody beats John, they're gonna be lighter. It's not gonna necessarily be one of Joe's athletes, although I could absolutely see that happening. But it's gonna be somebody that has adopted this philosophy of I'm going to be as lean and as muscular as I can inside of my weight class mm-hmm. because that's what John's done. Yeah. And the only thing I said, you know, I said it was unfair that he is in a place now that he can total hundred almost 150 pounds more um, than he does currently at 198 and lose dots points mm-hmm. at 220. Yep. And that is, that is unfair. That's the skew of dots, whatever. Mm-hmm. But by and large, that if you don't think that if he moved up to 220 tomorrow, he's going to walk around the 240s. Yeah, absolutely. Easily, like, because he kn- he knows this because that's how he's winning. Yeah, he's robbing everybody blind of all the fucking <laughs> pot money, and sometimes he did have the best squat day of his career this last time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes he's not even having the best lifting days of his career, and he's still yeah. robbing everybody blind. Like, you yeah. have like the proof is in the pudding. Like, you're seeing people like somebody like Dan Griggs is going to ultimately. It may not be Dan, but somebody like Dan is ultimately going to break Dan Bell's all time record. At two weight classes smaller mm-hmm. because of the same reason. Yeah. Dan's incredible. Uh, Dan Grigsby is incredibly, incredibly well built for a 275 pound athlete. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of fat on that guy. Yeah. Like he's starting to m- maximize his frame. Um, he's had better meets at 242, and maybe that's why, you know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe because he's more maximized at 242, maybe that's the reason he does a little bit better. But because um, being heavier does mess, mess up your deadlift leverages. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, always, that's it half definitely of his total. Definitely helps. Definitely helps to be heavier on bench press and squat, but it does not necessarily help to be heavier on deadlift. Yeah. Boom. You do have to okay. kind of like learn mm-hmm. your leverages again, especially if you it's fluctuate. It's like relearning the movement. Yeah. 100%. You to, when you're fluctuating in weight that much, like he was doing, you know, going, because he, I think he usually competes in 275. Dropped down to 242 for that one meet, went back up to 275. So in that transition period, and he may be over 275 and then coming back down, it just messes with how you but it, how you approach the bar. But, I mean, if you want to see, you know, Dan Bell's record may stand for a very, very long time. But the person that beats it is going to be somebody, whether it's a super heavyweight or not, is going to be somebody that has maximized. Mm-hmm. This is a, he's kind of an old head now because he's not involved in power, powerlifting, but... Larry Wills is somebody I've talked to a lot, and it's not necessarily that I'm the biggest Larry Wills fan. Um, as a person, I kind of honestly, he kind of gets on my nerves as a, yeah, as as a talking a head. You know what I mean? Yeah. He may be the greatest person ever in person. I don't know, right. but just as a social media icon, right. 
he's a little grating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I said, he may be the greatest guy on the planet. I don't know. But that's a guy that held records at one time simultaneously at 220, 242, and 275, and then went on at a lot 275 to beat Eric Lillibridge's 308 record. Mm-hmm. Or rather, a lot 308 at like 286 pounds. He beat that. Well, Larry also, about the time he did that, he also got, you know, won his first bodybuilding show. Yeah. This is somebody that was, yeah, he was 286 pounds, but he was also sub 10% body fat when he mm-hmm. did it. It's not necessarily the sub 10% body fat that won it for him, but it was absolutely the fact that, you know, he was a 275 pound athlete with, you know, 150 pounds of muscle on his frame. Right. Or better. Probably better, honestly. He's so big, I mean, lean. Incredibly well built athlete. And I know Larry's been really open about his drugs, and people can people, people can point to that all he wants to. But at the height of his, uh, his powerlifting career, he's all, openly said it was 750 grams of test and, and an oral. Yeah. You know, like. So, I mean, it's really not, that's not really too far fetched, even for like a local bodybuilder. Yeah. Like, that's not like a lot of drugs, Mm-mm. not comparatively speaking. So, like, you know, you can say what you want to about Larry, but he's a really good example of the John Hack thing of he has every time he moved up a weight class, he maximized that weight class. Yeah. And just, <clears> just <throat> talking about the uh, bodybuilders, powerlifters, dual athlete thing, most of the athletes that were in the women's raft where Brianni got her deadlift were dual athletes like hunter henderson yeah briani uh there were two more there was an older lady i can't remember her name um i can't remember she she was an older i think she was either submasters or masters who did really well she was also a bodybuilder and there was one other one i, I can't think of but but that to say these were people at the american pro doing really well who were dual athletes? So I mean, Hunter's a you know Hunter's a bodybuilder. She's amazing. About mm-hmm. she's one of the best. She's got to be one of the best squatters, if not the best squatter pound for pound on the planet. She's it's amazing to watch her yeah. squat. I mean, she's a great deadlifter and great bench presser too. But she's ama- It's amazing to watch her squat. Yeah. Dual sport athlete, like you said, for a woman, she has maximized. Her and Brianni both have mm-hmm. maximized their their weight class and their muscle on their inside their CC Ingram back in the day mm-hmm. before she quit and moved. To just bodybuilding the same way. She was visibly more muscular than every other 181 you saw. Yeah. You, I mean, you knew, she, you could tell by looking at her that she was going to fucking win. Uh, <laughs> as light as Steffi Cohen was, she was like a 123 and a 132. I think mm-hmm. it's a two class she competed in. She was visibly more muscular than any other small girl you've ever seen before yeah. in your life. I mean, so you even talk about women, like maximizing the weight class is where it's at. And what sucks as a powerlifter, it's like, we want to be bigger, we want to be stronger. It really sucks to take that temporary hit, and you discovered this your last cut. Mm-hmm. You cut to 200 pounds. Yeah. Um, it, it sucks as a powerlifter to take that 30-pound hit and eat shit for six months and be weaker than you've ever been to ultimately be stronger, but that's actually what it takes. Like, I wouldn't say it's some, six months, but... But we know in the time that, you know... Yeah, whatever, whatever your time period is, typically, I think a cut cycle is like 12 weeks. Yeah, sure. But, I mean... And that's still, you know, that's three still. And then you probably have to spend three more getting strength back mm-hmm. before you reap the reward of, of doing that. But those recomps are like what we need. Mm-hmm. And I've said it before, mm-hmm. gone is the day of the fat power lifter winning everything. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why super heavyweights aren't taking home these dots trophies. Yeah. You know, they're not winning the pot. They're... You know they're not they're not competing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean they're competing of, their weight class and their weight class, but right. they're not competing but, overall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
So, I mean, that's a lot to consider. All that to get back to the original topic was with Briani and Joe. Um, there's some hate for them because they do things different. And uh, supposedly, they've been accused of cheating their weigh-ins, mm -hmm. or Briani's weigh-ins, I yeah. should say theirs. Um, when clearly in the rule book, it states that you can schedule a private weigh-in as long as it's 24 hours before you lift. Yep. Or in the 24-hour period before the lifting day. Right. It doesn't have to be a perfect 24-hour separation. It just has to happen. If you lift on Saturday, it has to happen on Friday. Yeah. Um, they know the rules. It says it in the WRPF book. Joe's posted it. You can look it up yourself. Um, if the meet director is willing to meet you for a private weigh-in, that is 100% within the rules in the mm -hmm. WRPF. Yep. Not speaking for USPA, not speaking for the USAPL, SPF, or anything like that. But in the WRPF, if you can get a private weigh-in, that is 100% okay. Yep. Uh, she got a private weigh-in, and now the internet is accusing her <laughs> yeah. of of having cheated. Um, and to cut and dry, not to not to make the conversation short, she didn't cheat. Yeah. Now there is some talk, and this is something that she posted. Uh, a lot of people had like videoed weigh-ins. Um, I think it was videoed by WRPF. Hers was not, and that's one of the reasons why they're accusing her of cheating. She says she weighed in the nude. Yeah. She's so, not going to post a nude video of herself. On yeah. fucking. And and obviously, you're not going to let someone in the WRPF come in, come in there with a camera and film you in the naked weighing in like that. Because then, that, if you do that, then you're in the USPA situation of yep. sexual harassment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, unless they explicitly say on camera before they get naked, yes, this is okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge liability. Mm-hmm. For any company, they're not going to fucking weigh you if you have to get naked. Yeah. And you're within your rights as an athlete to get naked for weigh-ins. Yeah, absolutely. You do not have to have clothes on for weigh-ins. So, I mean, she had to strip down for weigh-ins. She made weight at a private weigh-in. It didn't get videoed. It didn't get videoed for good reason mm -hmm. because it's a liability concern. Yep. And uh, then she proceeded to whoop everybody's ass. And that the long and short of it is people are pissed because she whooped everybody's ass. Yeah. And it's uh, one of the thing. One of the things I believe is that it's because they do things differently, and there's a lot of people who just don't like them. Like at and for for whatever I really reason, don't understand that because he's they he takes so much time out of his day to take care of the little guy in power. Yeah, like he, and she does too. Yeah, <laughs> not only giving away free information, answering questions that people submit. Like even before he, I started training with him, he answered a few of my questions. Um, like he's. Joe specifically is willing to help people like that's what he wants to do like I and I, I've me and him have had some back and forth you know about certain things and you know that's allowed when you're paying somebody you're allowed right. you're allowed to have serious conversations with yeah. somebody that you're paying right. service for. You know? and, and you know I, I was in a very bad place mentally and you know I feel bad about a lot of the things that well not a lot but the things that were said in that period of time I feel bad about them and I've apologized to him uh, about it, and you know, I was like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I was an asshole. I shouldn't have done that." Um, and I still have just a bunch of respect for him after after everything said and done, because you know he followed through with a lot of the stuff that he said he was going to do, even though sometimes I was a little like, I don't know if he's actually just trying to, you know, fuck me over for more money. Like I, I was a little concerned about that at one point, but he followed through everything he said, and I've got no nothing. Nothing bad to say about him. He's a good dude. He just wants to help people. I feel like Mariani is very much the same. She's a little more aggressive. Um, and that may just be her. And that may be something from the bodybuilding mentality. Like, 
because I, I kind of understand that to an extent when she's with her clients, because even even Joe has told me she's she's a little a little rougher around the edges than he is. Yeah. And I get that because once you've gotten to a certain way, like when I was eating, like Joe told me to, it was kind of like I had this transition of just like, why aren't it? Why isn't everybody? Why isn't every athlete eating like this? Like, it just makes sense. I can do it. Anybody can do it. Right. Like it. It's it's not fun. Like you're not eating for enjoyment. You're eating for athleticism. Yeah. And it it kind of like takes a little bit of getting used to. But once you do the same thing over and over and over again for just a month, it just becomes just like, well, this is just what I do. Like habit forming is what like two weeks. Yeah. So real realistically, if you do that for two weeks, if you eat this horrible diet, it's not horrible, but it's just like monotonous. Yeah. Like you eat the same things almost every meal, yeah. if not every meal. Eventually it's just like, this is just what I do. Yeah. Like I, when I took that week break, that week diet break, and I just kind of ate whatever I wanted, I didn't feel great. I kind of felt like, I mean, this was fun and all, but I'm ready to get back to my chicken and rice. Like yeah. that's, that's how I felt. And I did, I'm back to my chicken and rice. I'm doing like 93, seven beef with rice, um, cereal. Yeah. With no fat milk, protein shakes. The only thing that's really changed is my breakfast, which is like eggs and turkey bacon. And you're and off toast. season right now. Yeah. The fat's not going to kill you right now. Like, and I'm still not eating a lot of fat. Yeah, I'm like 80 grams of fat a day. Yeah, maybe I think it's 60 to 80. You got kind of a window. Yeah, so I, I typically everything is planned out, but some like especially on weekends. Weekends, I'm kind of just like I just need to get my protein in, and that's my goal. And as long as I eat my calories, protein and calories on the weekend, everything else is like, because I train Monday through Friday. So my training has to, or my diet has to look like it's around my training. But like, it's just one of those things. It's a mentality. And as a coach, it's like, I'm giving you this. This is what you need to do. I know this is what you need to do. And people don't accept that. And you just kind of get frustrated. So I understand her being that way. And just, just cause you have that mindset of like, you just need to do this. You're paying me. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just, just do this. Like it's, but yeah, well, I think their problem there. Well, no, I think part of the, part of the issue that they're having is I do feel like there's a little in the coaching and coaching circles in powerlifting. There's a little bit of gatekeeping. Yeah. There's a little bit of an attitude of, this is what we do because this is the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. And when people start challenging that like, and breaking pe- that pe- mold. People's idea of progressive powerlifting programming is we're going to use RPE instead of percentage-based programming. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great, but what is RPE at the end of the day? Right. It's still percentage-based programming. Yeah. You may give somebody a range, mm-hmm. expect their RPE to be between 365 and 405, depending on the day, and if they feel like shit, sure, it's not going to be 405. But at the end of the day, they're still, you know— operating largely the same thing. That's not fucking progressive. That's not mm-hmm. fuck, That's not a new idea. Mm-hmm. You're still going to program from an RPE 7 to hopefully by the end of the block work up to an RPE 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. Like, you're still, it's still a linear idea. Like, yep. it's still not, you're not fucking ground, it's not groundbreaking. Yeah. I mean, it's the same, it's the same idea. I mean, you look at conjugate and they have daily three rep maxes. Mm-hmm. Well, your daily three rep max on your fucking Spoto press might be weaker on week two than it was on week one, mm-hmm. depending on you know, circumstances, that's RPE. That's yep. auto regulation. Like that's not auto regulation is not a new or progressive thing in powerlifting, regardless of how you want to fucking dress it. Yeah. You can say, Oh, I'm a smart guy. I'm fucking <laughs> programming RPE now. Mm-hmm. Like 
it's cool. It, you're not that far off of fucking percentages. Yeah. Especially like me, I, I like a hard number, and I give I still give my athletes hard numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, they're based off they're they're based off of a percentage that has some margin of error in it. Mm-hmm. Like they're not all time. I'm not programming off of an all time best they've ever done one rep max most of the time. You know, I have those numbers, and yeah, I start my program and kind of reverse engineer things from that. But when I say sixty percent, most of the time it's sixty percent of ninety percent. And yeah. you know, you know this as you know this as as a uh, the further you get down the down the road, especially as a male powerlifter, and you total, I would say, if you're lighter weight, if you total twelve hundred plus, if you're a little heavier weight, when you total about fourteen hundred plus, um. 90% is fleeting. Like 90% is a number you could miss on any given day, even if you feel good. Like yeah. it's not always because of fatigue and diet and all these outside stresses and everything like that. 90% is not always going to be there. Mm-hmm. So if 90% is not always going to be there, they're 100% sure as shit's not always going to be there. Um, fuck, 90% of your deadlift right now is 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. You learned in prep that. <laughs> It's you know I, I know you can pull six sixty, but you learn in prep that you might not always be able to pull six hundred. Sometimes you, know, you can't pull close to you that. Can't pull. You know what I mean? It is what it is. But that's the reason why, like fuck, you can you can auto regulate in a million different ways. Yeah, I give hard numbers, not RPE. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like it's still a margin of error, still planned for, and still yeah. like it's still it's not auto regulated, but still regulated. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like these things aren't new. What Joe does. Is he trains people like an athlete, mm-hmm. like he's almost like sports training, like you're training somebody for football, like you're training. The ultimate end goal is to be a better powerlifter. You're a powerlifter still in it, but he is bringing some outside ideas that aren't traditional powerlifting, but they're very much traditional to sports training. Yeah, how if, many? If I was going to prep a kid for football, it would look a lot like what Joe does for powerlifters. How many? I how, do that professionally. I prep yeah. kids for football. You know, you know what I mean, like. It looks a lot that their programming looks a lot more like my like Joe's programming than my powerlifters look like Joe's mm-hmm. programming. He's not reinventing the wheel. He is bringing something to the table that just says, "You know what? These got maybe maybe he looked at this and said, "You know what? These Division One and professional athletes are really are really fucking strong. Maybe there's something to." multi-modality training and i'm not talking about crossfit when i say multi-modality training but maybe there's something to adapting somebody to a certain cardiovascular capacity before you put them you know under a you know 10 rep set of mm-hmm. an rp8 you know right I mean? maybe there's something to uh learning to manipulate energy systems and inputs and outputs like we talked about with him mm-hmm. like when you use caffeine, when you don't, when you use ammonia, when you don't, when you use loud music and when you don't, like maybe there's something to all that. And it's because there is that we've been doing those with, we've been doing that with athletes for a long time and we just haven't done it with powerlifting until he's done it. Yep. So. And it's, it's interesting (laughs) though. Like you would think people would rally around this idea, seeing the results and seeing the success and being like, wow, this is crazy. This guy has come in and made the sport better, made the athletes better at the sport. We should like embrace this and make our athletes better. But instead they're like, fuck you, Joe. He's an outstanding coach and I'm not taking anything away from him when I say this, but as good as his athletes are, he's, they're not winning every meet. Right. So like, it's not like he has this, like, I do think his athletes have an edge because of his mindset and the way that they're, they're prepped and 
the things that he's doing. I think he's training in the year 3000 and we're training in the year 1900 right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really do think he's ahead in a lot of ways. That being said, it's not such a glaring difference that they're going out and just beating the shit out of everybody every time. Mm -hmm. His male athletes aren't beating John Hack. Right. They might one day. I'm not saying they won't. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, they're not always setting world records. They're not always winning lifter of the day or what, what have you. But they're fucking really competitive and they're mm -hmm. always up there. Um, so it's not even like the hate is 100% warranted. But it's not like this like Alabama effect where everybody's pissed off at him because all he, all he does is win all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's literally just because it's different. Yeah. There's a word for that. Isn't there? Isn't that? There's a word for that, right? Isn't that bigotry? That's that a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I, I use the word gatekeeping. Yeah. People were upset because it's not... It's not the normal. A linear juggernaut program, or it's not conjugate. It's not, you know, a traditional periodized. It's still periodized. But it's not a traditional, like, strength training regimen. Mm -hmm. I'd be interested to know how everybody reacted to conjugate when it first came out. Like, how were people like, oh, this They were is... probably pissed off because right. they were beating the... I mean, at the time, you know, Louis lifted raw, but... Mm -hmm. uh at the time, you know, they were beating the fuck out of everybody. Yeah. You know, when multiply and single ply stuff, I mean, there was a reason why they still think they're the best powerlifting gym on the planet. And I don't think that's true anymore. But they definitely did things different. Mm -hmm. And Louie, till the day he died, did things different. I mean, and I've been critical of Conjugate, but everybody's got some negative shit to say about Westside now. Yeah. Like, it's almost like. I've actually regressed on how much negative shit I have to say about them because I actually think that there's a lot of fucking good value in a lot of things they did. Right. Um, but it's like fucking trendy as a powerlifting coach to be like, fuck conjugate. Conjugate doesn't make <laughs> sense. Well, it made sense for a long fucking time and a lot of people made, it made a lot of people winners. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, maybe Joe's the new Louie in a very different sense than Louie. Right. Like, he's not the same character. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. You know, I mean... By no means, but uh, but maybe he's he he might be that guy. That he may I think that he's probably him and Jake are probably the one spearheading a new idea about how to approach how to approach yeah. And I, I and we've seen his programming now. There are things that not pretending to know more than him because I definitely don't. There are things that me and you have been critical of mm -hmm. and wondered about. Frequency being one of them. Yeah. Um. But it did not work. It worked. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, at you know the end I mean? of the like, day, I still I had a PR on everything. I won the day. I didn't hit exactly my goals, but I got most of them and close to all of them. So it's it's hard to say it didn't work when I went out and I squatted, you know, 21 pounds more than my best ever, and I squatted my best ever before that in prep with him, I bench pressed one pound off my best ever with him or four pounds, excuse me. And then I pressed 15 more pounds and I had a lot more in the tank than I realized. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sorry. 17 more, more pounds. pounds than your best prep. And then my deadlift, which was terrible. The whole prep, um, I, I squat or I deadlifted, 660, right? A 660, so that would be... Five pounds better. Right? You had 655 at... Yeah, 655 on the best. About 
five pounds better and my best ever, but it was 80 more pounds or 75 more pounds than what I did in prep. Yeah. So it worked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Like at the end of the day, what he did worked. And even though I was very skeptical going in, it worked. And it works for a lot of people. Yeah. It works for Brianni. Yeah. I don't know if he, he probably, she's probably directly coached by Jake. I yeah. Imagine, but same philosophy got them mm-hmm. there. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's curious. I do think a lot of their hate's rooted in that. And and I think the basis of this conversation, this is a big circle back around and away from gatekeepers. Yeah. This is kind of away from gatekeepers and powerlifting and more so toward, toward the thing. Joe's smart enough to know the rule book. Brianni's smart enough to know the rule book. Jake was smart enough to know the rule book. If you have a problem, the pro- your problem should not be with Briani taking advantage of the rules. Your problem should be with the rule book itself. Yeah. If you have a problem with what happened, it's not Briani's fault. It's not Joe's fault. It's not Jake's fault. You should take it up with the WRPF and say, this is something we find to be unfair. Mm-hmm. This needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't cheat. Right. Say all you want to. No cheating was done. Yeah. Period. Like, you know, that's like I said, I mean, that's cutting that conversation a little bit short, but no speculation needed. It says it in the rules. If you have a problem with it, you should know your rule book better mm-hmm. and you should take it up with a governing body and not with an athlete. Or It's or, not the athlete's fault. She took advantage of a rule that is clearly stated. Right. And it's not necessarily taking advantage, like we've said before, Pushing it off only makes it harder to rehydrate and refeed. The the only thing is, she got a little extra time to get yeah, down to, to weight. Cut. Yeah, but that recomp made matters more than the cut does. It does. If she would have missed weight, she would have still had to recomp. Yeah, that exactly. would have still had to have happened. Mm-hmm. She was still down where she walks around at, probably ten or fifteen pounds, whatever yeah. it may be. Like she still had to go get an IV, chug a bunch of Gatorade, eat as much as she could before that morning. You know what I mean? Yep. So. They don't do Gatorade, sir. Well, Gatorade is. I know they don't, but they they still put put down their electrolytes. They still put down plenty of fluids, all the food that they needed. Like all that stuff still had to happen, uh, and they had to happen in less time. Yep. And if she would have missed weight, she still would have had to do that too. And you know what? If she would have missed weight, she probably still would have won. Yeah. Still would have gotten. I don't look at the record. I I didn't look at the records. uh, The record above her weight class. I would say that the likelihood of her breaking that one was probably pretty good too. Yeah. So I imagine it was it what from what I remember prior to uh this one lady like a week later in a strongman event, uh deadlifting seven hundred, it was the strongest deadlift by a female. Now it may it may have just been the strongest deadlift by a female in powerlifting, but they they said it as the strongest deadlift. Let me, let me present another situation right here too. If I don't believe Joe or Brianni ever ever had any intentions of cheating, first of all, so let's just take that out. Not not Joe, not Brianni's intention of cheating. If they show up at their scheduled time, and maybe she was half pound over or whatever, but half kilogram, whatever you want to measure it in, and a WRPF official said, "Ah, don't worry about it. You're close enough." Mm-hmm. That is no longer Joe and Brianni's problem. Yep. If they got, oh, uh, if they got the all clear from a WRPF official, I mean, I think this is the only this is the only way there was any mishappening, in my opinion. I don't think Joe and Brianni cheated. Mm-hmm. 
if they got the all clear from WRBF for official, then it's still a WRPF problem and not a Joe and Brianni problem. Yeah. They should have said, too bad, so sad, you're you're competing another weight class right. up. They you know, if if the official said, Oh well, close enough, mm-hmm. that's not a Joe and Brianni problem. You can yeah. be up in arms about it, be as pissed off as you want to about it. But as a WRPF has swindled that weight class mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. It's not Joe and Brianni's problem. So but in terms of the actual weigh in itself and how it was conducted, when it was conducted and stuff like that, all within the rules. Yep. If they got some type of fucking grace from a WRPF official, then it is still not their fucking problem. It's the WRPS problem. At the end of the day, all these things that we're saying is, it's not their fault. Like, they did not cheat. Yeah, like I said, if you have an issue with anything, take it up with the WRPF. I mean, they're... (laughs) The powerlifting community is much, much smaller than it looks. Like, enough people speak up about it and email the WRPF and say, this rule is bullshit. They will look at it. Yep. They may not change it, but they'll look at it, and they'll probably look at it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, But it is, again, it's not a Joe and Briani or Jake problem. Uh, it's not. Mm-hmm. If if that happens to one of my athletes, and they get, I'll be honest with you, it happened to me at an SPF meet. I was competing at 159, weighed in at 260. Jesse says, close enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can take your hoodie off, kick your shoes off, and you'll be under it. We ain't worried about that. No one pound, 259. Yeah. Waved it off. If that happens... That's not the athlete's fault. Yeah. Period. Yeah. The no, athlete no. is just going in there and weighing in. And I wasn't their competing part. for world records. Yeah. But that happened. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I could have stripped down and probably made weight. True, truly. But yeah. like, I got on the scale, shoes, a hoodie on, gym shorts on, singlet under everything, and I was a pound over. Well, they didn't take the time to reweigh me. Right. That would have been the fair thing to do. They waved it off and said, close enough. Close enough. Yeah. You know, at that point, that's the. Problem. That's a problem with the organization. Mm-hmm. So, take it or leave it. Yep. And just kind of bringing this back to a a smaller level, and just talking about like people and toxicity and stuff. Just like locally, it's it's. I I felt like locally, it didn't really exist. I felt like it was a, a at scale, like a a large, larger problem. Like, like you didn't see it so much, like in your state it was more of just like people spread about you know yeah but the fact that it's local is what gets me that this toxicity is local and i just don't understand that especially like when you think about all the like what we really want we've only got like what juan and ron juan ron and i honestly think i would include eugene perry in that conversation because i mean eugene he may have not done anything yet, but if you follow that guy's prep, if you've seen him compete, that guy absolutely is a hundred percent capable of a uh, world class total. Yeah. So we, yeah, we, you know, we have three Perseus before he retired. Yeah. Um, if Oldham was going to do it, he would have done it by now. No yeah. offense to him. I, I think the guy's probably great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have those three currently competing, currently competing that are real threats to national and world. You know, world to- right. you know, records. You know what I mean. So, so we got three people that are that are at this level. Why are we fighting with each other instead of trying to reach that level that they're at? That they're at. Yeah. Why aren't we're, we trying? They're best them. Not to say that they can. You know, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think I'm ever going to best them. But like, those those are three men that would be happy to see you do it. Yeah. Like they're not going to root against you. They're those are three good men. Like mm-hmm. they're real fucking good dudes. Their only thing they're going to do is 
slap you on the ass and say, attaboy, like, right. we're proud of you, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, the, the state, I don't know, maybe it's an Alabama thing because Alabama is, we're not underrepresented because we're participating in the mm-hmm. sport, right? The fact is, we have three athletes, male athletes. Mm-hmm. We're not including, there's some very good women here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not including the women. We have three athletes. California has a fucking hundred. Right. Ohio has a hundred. The state of New York probably has 50. Texas probably has 200. Mm-hmm. Um, that will kick your absolute fucking teeth in. And we have three. Mm-hmm. Like, as a state, we're behind. Let's, yeah. I mean, let, let's face it. So there's not a whole lot of room, in my opinion. You have three guys representing the entire fucking state for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, uh, there's not just not a whole lot of room for any of us to talk shit because we're, unless you're Ron, Eugene, or Jawan, you really ain't swinging a big enough dick to open your mouth. Yeah. You're really, you're really, you're really not. I mean, um, and we should all be rooting for them because they are hometown heroes. We should also be doing our best to try to keep up with the, you know, try to level the playing field with the rest of these guys. Um, I do think Alabama being a little bit behind, we're a state that's very, very, it's a very, very big football and baseball state. And I think a lot of our big athletes are still chasing other things that aren't powerlifting. Right. Um, to be completely honest. But, uh, you know, we're not in a position as a We should all be trying to get better together because we're not represented on the national stage like other states are. Yeah. I can name, like, just off the top of my head, amazing athletes out of California. Just like, I probably can't name, probably can't name them all, but where we just named three here, I could probably name 50 in California. Right. Off the top of my head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're not, uh, it's still, we're, we're kind of still babies in the world of powerlifting. Um, how many guys in Alabama total 2,000 pounds outside of Juwan? I, I mean, know. Perseus like, did it when he was still doing it. Like, I don't think Oldham does. Um, I don't know. I Eugene could and Ron could. They, ha- I don't think they have yet. Like, we're talking about two. Th- there's, there's people in this in this nation that are they're working on twenty five hundred. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, not to cut those guys down because they're obviously Juwan's small. And yeah, they're fucking incredible athletes. But like, we're really not in a position as a group of people. To be like picking on each other and like just like yeah, throwing. or or you know to the point that like picking on people to the the point that it's almost discouraging and that people don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like promising athletes, like we have you know I have well I shouldn't say I because you you don't do my program anymore, but I have you know probably two or three of you in my general circle that have a real two K potential now. Like we don't need to discourage y'all from. Attempting to reach right. that, you know, you know what I mean. Like we, for the state of Alabama and and the status of powerlifting in the state, we need more people like y'all to continue and to not give up. Yeah. Like you know, we don't need to be talking people out of it. There's some young guns that I know. A younger generation don't have the same mindset that we do. They still think it's fun to talk shit. And um, I think I've said it before. I think some of that stuff is good for powerlifting. Um, not to the point that it's just fucking discouraging, though. Right. I think you should be able to look at another man and say, I'm going to whoop your ass today. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I never want to beat somebody at their worst. I want to beat somebody at their best. Yeah. Like, I don't want, you know, I want you to be as good as I, as you can be when I beat you and mm-hmm. vice versa. That should be the expectation. Um, and if, you know, we're also a small enough, represented little enough that 
if somebody does beat you, you should be rooting for them to go compete on a national level and maybe at a world level um, because they're representing us as a whole. Yeah. I mean, they are like, you shouldn't just, it would be, I mean, honest, I mean, I'm not ever going to be in their weight class, but I'd be, I'd be honored to have my ass kicked by Jawan Garrison. Right. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it'd be, it'd be fun to compete on the same, in the same weight class and the same just the platform same stage, yeah. just, to, just to shake the man's hand and say, good job. You right. Know what I mean, like there's not a whole lot of reason. I know there's, you know, you're comparing totals, like there's other, you know, 275s and 308s that I would, you know, probably compete more directly with. I can think of a couple off the top of my head. That I, I would love to beat them and I would love to beat them badly. I don't want them to quit. Right. I don't think that they're bad people. I don't think there's anything wrong with their training philosophy. I don't want them to get hurt. I don't want, like I said, them to quit powerlifting or to be so discouraged that they don't want to do it anymore. I don't really want to talk shit to them on game day. Yeah. I want to beat the fuck out of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like maybe in the, in the instance that they can rally and the next time they push me a little bit more, maybe they beat the fuck out of me. I don't know. But that's how you get better. And that's healthy. Um, I don't want to be toxic about it. Yeah. You know I, I, mean? I like, think that's the key. There's you know, like, nothing wrong with competition, not, but yeah, toxic like, competition. Everybody's it's, training philosophy is going to be different because it's very individual based on, not only based on your coach's philosophy, but on base, based on what's, what's new to you. You can shit on people all you want to, but what works for Nathan doesn't work for me, doesn't work for the next, next person down the line. Um, some people are just going to do shit different. There's not a whole lot of reason to gatekeep. I mean, it, you know, in terms of you young guns, if you don't like getting your teeth kicked in by, if you're 20 and don't like getting your teeth, teeth, kicked, teeth kicked in by a 30-year-old, fucking train harder. Or smarter. Or, or smarter. Or eat better. Or or learn more. Or learn more. Or get a better coach. Or go outside your realm and, and maybe technology. talk to the guy. Maybe talk maybe if you're twenty, <laughs> talk to the thirty year old that just kicked your teeth in and ask them how they got there. Right. More than likely it's keeping their fucking mouth shut and Grimes. training and grinding it out and you know, <laughs> doing doing what's required of you, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh there's not a whole lot of reason. Uh, to be that way, do I want to be the best team in Alabama? Yeah, I want I want that for my athletes. I want that for myself. Um, do I want to be the best I can be? Yeah, but none of that means shit if everybody else in the state gives up, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean shit if my peers are hurt. It doesn't mean shit if um, powerlifting as a whole in the state of Alabama isn't growing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh. I think based on the turnout at some of these lifts, the USPA thing has really turned a lot of people off because, you know, just a year ago, your meet that you just competed in was maxed out. I don't know if it was maxed out, but there was, was at close. least 40, was a or full 50, day. 40 or 50 It was still there. a full day. Yeah. Uh, you know, Joey just competed in one in Tennessee that was 10 or 15 lifters too. Like, there looks like there's like some some drop-off. I don't know if that's why. It could also um, be there's just a lot to choose from now. There is. There's more options now in terms of federations. I think uh, did uh, it's a newer federation that did, did also not just compete UPSC. Mm-hmm. I think um, or UPC or something, something like that. Like that. It was something yeah. like that. Um, United States Powerlifting Coalition or some shit like USPC. that. USPC. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like there's more options and stuff, but like it doesn't do. You, it doesn't serve you to take time out of your day to dump on somebody else. I will tell you this too. There are plenty of us and plenty of lifters better than me, but I am like this. 
some of us gotten in, got into this for our own hate of self <laughs> and how little we appreciate and respect ourselves. Some of us are very, very negatively motivated, and you should probably shut the fuck up. <laughs> but, I mean, honest to God, they're they're better. Lifters much better than me that are negatively negatively motivated too. But I'm definitely somebody. Tell me I fucking can't, and I absolutely fucking will. Mm-hmm. Like I will, or I will die trying one, yeah. one, one or the other. That is a hundred percent. But you want to motivate me? Tell me I fucking won't. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's people that are plenty, plenty enough better than me that absolutely will kick your ass the moment you say right you'll fuck around and you will absolutely fucking find out mm-hmm. like you just need to stay in your lane and just fucking train yeah at the end of the day i guess my whole thing is and this is the way i approach every meet i'm not there i, I and truthfully like i'm not there when i compete i'm not there to necessarily make friends or like like be like the nice guy to everybody i'm there focused i'm doing my thing but I'm you're, not not be, out, you're not going out of your way to be an asshole. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm going to help people loading and unloading. I'm going to help people like spotting. I'm yeah. going to like if someone comes to me and asks me a question, I'm going to do my best to answer it. You got, you know, you got 10 people on a damn combo rack trying to get warmed up for their flight. Me and you experienced it last year. Same meet. We had people back there that didn't want to fucking help people load up for warm ups. Mm-hmm. So I'm one coach. Like I'm not fucking loading every, every side for every fucking lifter. Yep. Like. Not to say that I won't help everybody. I'll absolutely do that. But, like, if you're back there and you're not being handled, that's one less. I don't need the asshole that's not willing to mm-hmm. warm up with everybody else and, and help out and stuff like that. Like, that's part of powerlifting. Yeah. Like. Community. You want to fucking sulk and sit in the corner because you don't like the guy you're lifting against and you don't want to have to warm up with him? Too fucking bad, dude. Like, if you got two, yeah. If you got two racks, go to the next one over. But, like, that's all you got. And if if the Most one of the, rack, the best situation in these local meets, we have three warm up racks. Yeah, absolute best. I've situation. never been to one that had three. <laughs> exactly. Most of, most of them have one or two. Yeah. Like, dude, just just help out. Get, yeah. get your head out of your ass and just like fucking throw a plate on there. Like, you're all in the same weight class. It's gonna be similar. If you're in the same flight, weights are similar. Like, jump yep. in there, fucking warm up. Like, mm-hmm. get your head out of your butt. You know what I mean? Like, I've I've dealt with that more than I would like. Yeah. And it's, it's just unfortunate that people have that attitude. I've said it before, but more often than not, and we did have a case of somebody pretty decent talking shit recently. More often than not, though, attitudes like that come from beneath you and not from at your level or above you. Yeah. Very seldom is somebody as good as you or better than you going to shit on you and your day and your method of training and stuff like that. It just yeah. doesn't serve them to go out of their way if they total 1,800 pounds to talk down to somebody that totals 15. Yeah. It's, all, it's always just somebody who's who's not as good as you who wants to come up and like throw you off your game. Like, like it, this it guy totals attractive. fourteen, you total fifteen. Like this guy was is just going to be an asshole to be an asshole. Like yep. he went over to the he went over to the fucking flat list and saw you were opening up with fucking twenty more kilograms than him. He's got his fucking panties in the wide. Like thought it was going to be an easy day. Like sometimes you have to fight to win. Yep. I don't know what to fucking tell you. Like I mean I don't know. Uh, I don't want to sound like an old man, but it does seem like a younger generation is more guilty of this than our generation. It, it kind of does. Um, now that that's I not to say that, there aren't outliers and everything. While I think he's funny sometimes, and I have laughed at him, and uh, I think he's one of the best powerlifters on the planet right now. Like you have characters like Derek Thistlewaite, who's an awesome powerlifter, and uh, he's coached by one of the greatest coaches on the planet. 
Um, he's one of the greatest lifters on the planet, but you you have these like internet personalities. I don't believe he's actually a bad guy. I believe that he's an internet personality now. Mm-hmm. And he's playing it up, but you have these people that are like rubbing off like probably negative and negatively on a generation that lives on the internet. Mm-hmm. And they think their, their dick's getting fucking hard because they think they can be that guy. Yeah. Like problem is they can't like, well, he's that guy because he squats 870 deadlifts, 900 and presses 500. Yeah. Like <laughs> does yeah, yeah, jujitsu yeah, yeah. has you know, like a gun collection. He's a fucking animal. You know, right. you know what I mean? You were chances of you being like him are slim to none. I'm yeah. glad you're good. You're probably not going to be that great. Yeah. Like, like you don't have to ad- adopt his. And that's somebody that I have defend. <laughs> you know, he grates on you eventually. That's somebody I've defended because largely I think entertainment wise, it's almost like watching wrestling or something. I think that yeah. he's kind of good for powerlifting in right. that regard. That I've, old personality. I've been a fan before. You know what I mean? Less so now, but yeah. like, you know, I think it, it, <sighs> when it got to a point where it was personal things, it wasn't just like in a general sense, he was talking about stuff or he wasn't calling specific people out. But when he started specifically attacking other people is when it kind of went too far. I do think, and this is, this, maybe this is an ego, egotistical statement to some, some extent. I do think that we have targets on our backs being from a smaller town, a smaller talent pool, less equipment, and we're going and winning. Um, I think that we are starting, and I say we as a whole, as a team, and again, I know you're not coached by me anymore, but you think about like you and Austin and people that are, and some of my girls that get some of this heat. um, I think people are a little bit annoyed that the fucking rednecks from Coleman, Alabama are going and kicking their fucking teeth in. At, <laughs> I mean, I, I really do think that that's some of it. And, but again, you're still not getting that from people that matter in a small right. Like Ron don't care that we're doing good. Yeah. Well, he's, he's probably happy for us. He's probably honestly, just you know I mean? back like, there fist bumping. Um, you know, you know, you, you know, other coaches around the state aren't upset that, that we're doing good, but I do think that there's probably some individuals that just don't like, don't like us. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Like, we have to train on commercial gym equipment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're getting our first deadlift bar this week. Yeah. You know what are. I mean? We pull on stiff bars all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so excited. You know, we're, you know, we got shit like that happening, dude. Like, we don't lift on calibrated plates. We don't even have competition collars. Yep. We don't have a combo rack. Don't have kilo plates. Don't have kilo plates. We're, we're, we're dumb rednecks who can't, <laughs> who can't yeah, count we're, in kilos. We're, lift, we're pretty much, pretty well literally lifting on pig iron all the time. Yep. One plate may weigh 43 pounds, the next plate might weigh 47. Like, I mean, and we're going and we're winning. We're not winning regularly at a national level yet, although I do have a world champion now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going and we're at least, a, at the very least, we're a thorn in people's side and we're making people think about mm-hmm. us. And I do think that's probably the reason for some heat, too. Yeah. For us. I think so, um, too. It's fun. It's fun. I, th- I think I think it, it it boils down to like we don't have the best stuff. We don't have the best facilities. We don't have we, like there, there's a lot of stuff that we could we could get better if we had. But we have what I believe to be a rock solid foundation, a good philosophy around training, around good diet, community. good community that wants to like everyone to push to be harder. Like me and Austin, like back always like talking shit, but it's healthy. Right. When we talk shit, it's usually like, you know, like I say straps on all of his deadlift videos that he pulls in straps. Cause I'm like, fuck your straps lift with your bare hands. But 
you know, even though I'm teasing him a little bit with that. He still goes and pulls meets, you know. <laughs> don't like it don't matter. He's gonna outpull me at the next meet. He's gonna out squat me. He might outbench me in the next meet. And I told him, I was like, You need to go out there. If you're going in the two forty twos, you need to go break all my records. Yeah. And set the you know set the tone. Yeah. Yeah. No, like set set the squat, set the set the total, like Go out there and beat all my records, so I have something to Boy, aim for. Boy, he would fuck that squat record up in two forty two. Yeah, yeah, he would. <laughs> he I, I'd be, I'd be, uh, dude. I'd be. Uh, he's gonna rap though. I don't know if you. Oh, he uh, is gonna he's, rap. He's been rapping in practice and stuff. So I saw he was rapping. Mm. I didn't know if he was gonna stay in raps. I think I have this this month. I think well, not this month, but this block. I think is I have the heaviest triple of his powerlifting career program. So, um. That'd be fun. I think he has a triple at like five ninety or six hundred or something like that. So. Now I don't even know if he's going to drop to two forty two, but that's but, that's you know, the kind of like you do it like that's the relationship that we share is like like even though we talk a little bit of shit like in the DMs, give me a reason to step it up. Yeah, in the DMs, we're always like patting each other on the back, like man, you're killing it, you're doing great. I mean, he he has spread all these. I'm going to call them rumors about me all over the garage, just like how I'm the powerlifting god of Alabama. I'm like, I'm not. I'm barely, like, intermediate. Like, I'm I'm okay at it, but, like, I've got a lot of work to do. I've got a lot to go. Me and you got to have a squat before we can talk too much. (laughs) Yeah. I mean. That or our deadlift and bench are going to have to be astronomical. Something's going to have to happen. We we ain't there yet. Right. (laughs) Regardless. But, I mean. I don't know. I do. I do think. Uh, I know. I have some opinions about it, but I mean, um, I'm always just happy to see everybody. There's a there's a team in Alabama that grates on me more than other teams mm-hmm. do. Um, but everybody in that in that team that I've met and know personally are great fucking people, right? Like, and that's usually how it you know, is. I mean, it's, it's you know they're loud, they're boisterous, they uh, they're real fucking proud of each other. And honestly, some of it may just be that some of that I want for my own team. Like they're right. fucking happy to see each other compete Mm -hmm. and uh i have not necessarily dumped on them uh but i've had some opinions about them before in the past but they're everybody i know on an individual basis is they're fucking great people and great athletes i mean i'm happy uh from an individual standpoint that they're doing so well Mm -hmm. and uh it's you know it they are fun to watch (laughs) or some of this i think it's good for powerlifting yeah you know they do they chat my ass sometimes yeah, right. but like it's it's a good thing. It's okay. It's healthy. I don't wish harm on them. You know right. what I mean? Like, and seeing them. Here's the thing: like, even even if it's kind of like, man, you know, I don't like these guys, or for whatever reason, you can still respect the work they did. You can still be respectful to them. Like, you don't have to go out there and talk shit to them. You can just be like, you know, I don't really like you, but you did great. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, and you don't have to say it, but you know, just like have that mutual respect, human if, decency. The coach isn't super approachable, but if he was a little bit more approachable, and maybe I just need to know him better, I would like to know what he does. I th- again, I think it's a, a symptom of a talent pool. Right. Um, I'm dealing with a bunch of crackers that lift hay bales on the weekends <laughs> and uh, you know, never been in a gym in their life most of the time, and I'm trying to turn them into something, and they have real athletes in those, mm-hmm. in those bigger metropolitan areas. But you know, I'm sure that there's plenty for me to learn from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I can't think of too many people that I haven't learned something from. Yep. Even if somebody is a worse coach than me or a newer athlete than me or anything like that, you can. Music was the same way. If you'll shut up and listen, you can learn something from anybody. Yeah. Like it might not be just super profound and super like groundbreaking or anything like that, but if you'll shut up and listen, you can learn something from anybody willing that you're willing to listen to. Yeah. 
sometimes it may be what not to do. Yeah. But knowledge is knowledge. <laughs> you know some, what I mean? Regardless of what it may be. Something I mean, may just be as simple as just an experience they had that makes you think about something else. You can look at somebody and say, hey, they train this way. Maybe that's not the way we should train. Right. <laughs> and that's that's still, you know, if you've gained knowledge, that's still a positive thing. Yeah. They may be really great at something and have, you know, and you know a certain accessory that they really believe in that's jumped their bench press up. Maybe you need to know about it. Yeah, like you can learn something from anybody, man. I mean, it's it is what it is. So there's no reason to be hateful. Or, mm-hmm. It is what it is. Another thing I'd like to say about uh, about some shit talking that happened on the internet is um, I just want to remind the kids at home that drug tested does not mean what. Drug free. Drug tested does not mean drug free. So, y'all bear that in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a few there's a lot. I feel like in Alabama specifically, there's a lot of that. Um, I mean, it, it's probably in most places. Like, let's be honest. There's not a ton. Like the 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 athletes that are approached by WADA all the time, probably. Like, yeah, you know, like Jesus Alvarez is not going to get around it more than yeah. likely. You know what I mean? Uh, Heather Connor, Jessica Bettner. They're not uh, people they are going to get around it. Yeah, because they're constantly being bothered by WADA. Yeah, but, you know, local state levels, Yeah, you know, even some lower-level national events, probably, probably beatable. Yeah. I mean, uh, it is what it is. I think Joey was telling me that uh, they didn't make you drug test for a state record. It was only the top 1%. Yeah, it's nearly the top 5% of the 5%? The yeah. I, I feel like he said 1%, but maybe it was 5%. I think it's t- typically top five, but, you know, small meat like his, it was probably only two or three people. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it is it is what it is. He was clean anyway. But, right. I mean, it didn't matter. Uh, it didn't matter. But, like, but, um, but it is interesting that they were just like, oh, we don't care if you broke the state record or not. You can, you don't have to. I had one fail and was banned from. Yeah. So, in that particular federation, me and him both got banned. Yeah. Uh, so, it is what it is. That was, that was, Something. it was, it was, shouldn't have been shocking to me, but at the time it was. So, sorry yeah. to say. Well, but I mean, all I got to say is pissed on that federation anyway. I ain't fucking, yeah, they're not worth, not, not worth, worth it. it. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. But bring it all back together or bring it all back around just to summarize, just don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, don't, there's, there's just not a lot of space just, for it. Just I mean, be, just be nice. I mean, like, um, you, you also, you also don't know what, a, an individual is going through away from powerlifting and why they started powerlifting. Mm-hmm. I mean, me and Nathan both started powerlifting to keep from eating a bullet. Yep. Um, you know, um, we don't really, uh, while we're better than that now, you know, a new lifter, you know, depending on why they got into it or what they're looking for out of it or something like that, they don't really need to hear a lot of negativity because you might be doing serious damage to mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that's already seriously damaged. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that that's very uh, true. You know, just the human side of it is: is it is it healthy to tie your self esteem to powerlifting? It absolutely is not. Um, we did talk about that with Joe. Uh, we as people are more than powerlifters. That's not the only way we identify. But there's a good good portion of us that got into it for self esteem, uh, self esteem, mental health uh, issues, stuff like that. Um, I'm about half and half. Some days I'm in there for, for self-esteem and an ego boost, and other days I'm in there to come as close to killing myself as I possibly can <laughs> without, without actually fucking dying. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, so there's like, you know, you just have to be careful with people because there's there's people 
I've been accused of being fragile before, uh, emotionally. Mm -hmm. You can say what you want to about that, but there are people that are more fragile than me emotionally. And, you know, you just don't know why people have started their their health journey and they may have landed on powerlifting because that's just the brand of fitness that they enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, Same way people might land on running 5Ks or doing CrossFit. It might just be what helps them get through the day. And it could uh, be their friends. Their their friends are into it. They have a community that supports them. Like that could be all it is. Like it could be really, really simple and they could just think it's fun and there's no ego itself or mm -hmm. self-esteem attached to it. But you know, a lot of us, especially some of us that are overweight, like I've been my whole life, it is to rectify some some mental health issues, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, you just don't know why somebody starts a sport, and uh, the the negativity is is more damaging to those of us who are more emotionally fragile than you probably realize. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's that's a good good end to that conversation. Just think about other people before you speak. Yep. That's all it takes. Dad jokes. That was uh, a little heavy. Yeah, dad jokes. <laughs> um, I got one uh, right off the cuff. Um, Go for it. I bought a pair of shoes from a drug dealer. I don't know what he laced them with, but I've been tripping all day. <laughs> I saw that one recently. I probably saved that one because I was like, that's a really good one. That was a good one. <laughs> um, what did the hat say to the scarf? I read this one today, but I forgot. Yeah, I'll go ahead. <laughs> I'll hang around here, but you go on ahead. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, my son asked if I was named after my dad. I said, of course I was. He was born many years before me. <laughs> uh, I keep on asking people what the lowest rank in the army is, but every time I ask, they say it's private. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and find one more. Um That's that's the one you just told. Oh, this this is this is a great one. I get in trouble if, if Desi hears this. Uh-oh. I got my wife a metal detector as a present, but she didn't like it. Which is really strange because she always lo- always likes to dig things up from the past. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last one I'm going to say because I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> oh, well, well, that's the day then. That's you guys uh, rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple, wherever you listen. Mm-hmm. Give us a follow at, at Coleman underscore Barbell and at Nathan Skettios, uh, at Sip It and Rip It. Um, sip it in in rip it yep not and redneck version <laughs> sip it and rip it um, just like I said it uh, and then YouTube yep if yep. you want to watch us uh, for whatever reason for we whatever just kind of just stand here and look we're at both, each other we're both, we're both big ugly and hairy you probably don't want to watch to be honest with you although uh, some of our jokes maybe our facial expressions would provide some context <laughs> yeah that's true that <laughs> to the heavy eye rolls we give each other because <laughs> everyone's like damn do they really think that's funny it's like and yes, but no. <laughs> what makes bad. it funny is the fact that it's in fact not funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're just that lame. The more not funny it is, the more it's like, ha! It's like yeah. <laughs> heavy chuckle. All right, bye. That's not right. That's not how what, you what end do I it. Say? Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Yeah, there you go.